I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm thrilled to have my next guest here. Uh, we have Dr. Katherine Ham, who is the founder and CEO of one of my favorite companies, so snuggly and cozy. Uh, it's called Baraby. So I'm sure you're familiar with it. It has uh, really taken the world by storm. Certainly such a great product to have for gifts, whether it's for the holidays or birthdays or just for your favorite friend or yourself. Uh, so I absolutely love it. And I'm honored to have her here today. Catherine is the founder and CEO, and she was actually uh, working at the World Bank as an economist and was constantly traveling and looking for a natural solution to her chronic insomnia. And when she experienced the pressure of a weighted bl- blanket for the first time, she knew she had found something special. So she launched Baraby in 2018 and quickly sold out a three-month supply and uh, in just two days and setting a precedent for Baraby's rapid-fire growth. Uh, she's been recognized by Inc. Magazine as one of the 100 most powerful women in business, and her signature product, the Cotton Napper Weighted Blanket, has won both the Red Dot Design Award and Fast Company's Innovation by Design Award as well, and the Sleep Foundation's top pick for Best Weighted Blanket of 2021. Uh, I'm so excited to dive into her journey and career in building this incredible company. And uh, just as we were talking right before, I think I saw Chrissy Teigen, uh, maybe it might have been last holiday that she was uh, snuggling with it and thought that it was such a great item as a gift. So I think that's how I got turned on to it initially, but I've gifted it to many of my uh, nieces and nephews and cousins and friends. So thank you so much for making such a terrific item. Thanks so much for having me and what an introduction. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> amazing. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit, we heard about uh, your previous experience at the World Bank, mm-hmm. but tell me a little bit about you as a little girl. Did you always like blankets? I mean, was did you know about weighted <laughs> bl- blankets? How did this all start? Well, no, I think as a little girl, I didn't know about weighted blankets. Um, I grew up in in Germany um, originally, and um, I was actually passionate always about development. So after graduating, um, I started working uh, for a startup in Afghanistan. It was my first job, actually. And um, we were looking into education for women um, specifically and how women um, can use like online distance education. And that got me really, um, passionate about, I mean, originally coming from like a business angle, I was like, okay, I want to do more and, and, and see what, what I could do. 
And then I, I from there went to Columbia University to study more economic development, where I later on also got my PhD in economics. And kind of, I always thought like, how can I have more impact? And I thought on a broader scale, the best place probably to have uh, impact would be at the World Bank. And so that's kind of where my first job led me. And um, I, I started in, in Washington, D.C. And again, uh, somehow I gravitated to women entrepreneur naturally without kind of even thinking about it. I could be an entrepreneur. I was always like fascinated when I saw um, these women and we were looking into like different countries on kind of how we can help women entrepreneurs grow because it's still women don't have the same access to finance as men do. Mm -hmm. Um, that's in the U.S. So, but it's also in the developing world, the same problem. And um, then I think after some time I got transferred and I was um, working first in the Middle East um, in different countries. And then uh, within just like another year, I was transferred to South Asia mm-hmm. working from India. And that's where also kind of my my insomnia kind of, I never was a good sleeper, even as a kid, you know, when you have like little noise goes off and I'm immediately awake, very light sleeper. And then uh, there was a time when I was just constantly traveling and my job demanded a lot of travel. And, and when I say a lot, I mean, there were times, there was a stage in my life where I was traveling to more than 40 countries in a year. So I just felt constantly exhausted and i think at that stage i probably had tried every every sleep product there is on the market i mean mattresses white noise machines every type of things that you could like where i thought there must be something and i kind of more accidentally stumbled upon weighted blankets because at that point it was a product that was sold in a pharmacy it wasn't something you know as that would be that you would buy online. It was a medical niche product, hmm. and I read an article about it. How, um, like, an like a weighted blanket essentially helps children with sensory disorders. But there was like a small sentence at the end of this article that said the same kind of mechanism that helps children also helps adults sleep. Basically, mm-hmm. you put an evenly distributed weight on the body. And then um, kind of your cortisol level, the stress hormone reduces overnight, but then also your brain activates to release the um, sleep hormone. Hmm. So I was like, I mean, what what else? I mean, I was really miserable at that point. Um, you know, couldn't fall asleep, would wake up multiple times at night. And when I felt when I woke up in the morning and felt like I hadn't slept at all. So I was like, I have nothing else to lose. So I ordered that thing in that blanket. Um, from that pharmacy, it took six weeks to arrive and was really ugly. <laughs> at first, I didn't even want to try it because it was like orange and blue. It had all like these fancy but ugly colors and it had like these beads, plastic beads in it and it was felt rough. But I was like, you know, let's just give it a try. So I put it on on a Saturday afternoon for a nap and I literally passed out. I mean... And that's something that never happened to me before. I woke up four hours later and I'm like, wow, this is, this is it. And I mean, at that point also, I didn't think about a business idea or anything. I was like, okay, I, you know, I'm having that thing now. It helps me sleep better. And then I can move on with my career um, at the World Bank. 
Um, and then I just realized after a couple of nights that there was no way that I could sleep under this blanket for an entire night. Um, it just made me really hot. Just imagine you sleep under 20 pounds of plastic beads. There's just no way too that, much. you know, you can, it's just too much. It was, I was sweaty. I kicked it off. And then I searched, I kept searching, like there must be something at the end. It's a product that's been around since 30 years, right? It's a medical product that's been out there, but no one has actually done anything or invented something. And that's kind of where my, where I got more interested. I said, is there maybe something where I could potentially, you know, try to come up with a better solution. And I started it more as a side hustle, still having my job and then kind of starting to look into it, doing more research. And that's kind of how everything came about starting Barabee in the first place. That's awesome. So you knew nothing about other than the fact that you were interested in this idea, but manufacturing was just a whole new world for you, right? So what was the first step in actually figuring out how to create this product? So it's actually my mom who um, helped me create the product. Um, so my mom, my all my lifelong, she was an avid knitter. Mm. I just picked it up along the way. And I mean, she saw me experimenting with like, I'm like, there's this heavy blanket, 20 pounds, and I want to find a way to make it better. And then she came one day uh, with a t-shirt, with an old cotton t-shirt, and we were cutting it into strips and then sewing the strips together into a thick cotton yarn. And while I was like still like cutting the strips, strips, my mom had actually already knitted the strips into a weighted blanket, into a small blanket. Wow. And we were looking at it and it was heavy. And that's when I realized if you weave together like amount of fabric, you actually get an equal amount of weight and putting any artificial filling materials. And the knit also it looked really pretty. It felt good. Um, it was cozy and when we showed the first prototype to family and friends, this, everyone gravitated towards it and I wanted to touch it and try it. And when they were laying under the blanket, they were like, wow, this just feels like a big calming hug. And that's also where the name is coming from. So Barabi, we took that, my mom and I, we were like, okay, everyone says this feels like a bear hug. So how about we call the blanket Barabi as a combination of, uh, of uh, bear hug and lullaby? It's a, it's a perfect name too. So it's a very memorable name and brings fond memories, I think, for people as well. So how did you figure out like, not only how to manufacture the product, but how you would actually get it into stores. Did you have a store that you took it into or initially, or how did you think about it? I mean, the manufacturing was the first um, like big obstacle that I was facing um, because at that point it was just, there was no such product on the market. So I was talking to 48 manufacturers and I got 48 no's. Um, the people in apparel said, well, this is, it's, yes, it's, it's cotton and it's the same material as how we make apparel, but we have, we don't have the machines to make it. And people in bedding said, look, uh, we've been trying since many years to make blankets lighter. Why would you even make something heavy? That doesn't make any sense. And who are you anyways? Right. So, I mean, kind of with no experience 
So in the first, like we were really scrappy. We started small with renting a small place. Uh, We put in two knitting machines and we just started knitting. Um, So we had to do it. The first production run we had to do ourselves. And then when we launched in um, December 2018 with a couple of blankets we had, we sold out immediately. And there was a lot of attention around it because at that point, Weighted blankets um, just moved from that medical niche space into, into um, yeah, mainstream. Like the New York Times was reporting about it. And they were just, they had won um, Times Innovation Award of the Year. So it was amazing. Like we were sold out and people like got on a wait list. And at some point we had that huge wait list. And then one morning I woke up and I had an email from West Elm in my inbox. Hmm. And I mean, we were just two months old at that stage. It was like, you know, that's for sure a fake email, but it actually turned out to be real. And wait, let me just, so you were selling online initially. We were only selling online, online. exactly. And did you sell Mm -hmm. through like Instagram or how did you get the word out about what you were doing? Yeah, we had an Instagram account. Uh, we had Facebook. We didn't do any digital marketing at that point because I didn't know anything about digital marketing. That's amazing. So... We kind of, you know, just started, we, it was pretty small, very simple, um, selling the blankets, but we, um, I think what like an initial inflection point was where we just got a lot of media coverage because suddenly there was an option in the market that looked just different with the blankets. So it's like, it's a breathable blanket, it's a sustainable, it addressed every pain point that people were facing with these plastic filled weighted blankets. And so we naturally just got like so much attention um, for it from media. And so West Ham actually had reached out to us because they read about us in Fast Company. Hmm. So that's how that came about. And then they wanted to come into our showroom. And at that stage, we were just two people literally knitting out of a garage. Right. And I was like, we were like going back and forth. We're like, what should we do? I mean, if they know that we're that small, will they take us on? And we said, you know what, how about we just come to your place? And they're like, okay, sure. At that stage, we had five uh, colors and three different weights. And they're like, why don't you bring all of them? Like bring a 15 pound, a 20 pound and a 25 pound from all colors. So we literally had to wheel in 300 pounds of blankets through New York City. So we took a we took a hotel trolley in Dumbo and pushed it down the street into into West Elm and literally wheeled the blankets in. And yeah, they, they saw them and they were immediately ready to order the blankets. And five months later, we already were in West Elm. And that was like a second inflection point of Barry Bean. I mean, not being a one-year-old company, um, we really from there saw kind of attraction. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn. 
quicker and easier than you ever imagined too. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long, term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell, or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that The Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. 
Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. This episode of the Kara Golden Show is brought to you by Wix. When it comes to your brand, first impressions are everything. I know when I go searching for a business, the first thing I notice is what their website looks like. Does it look put together, clean, professional, and does the site work? Can I easily find, and if applicable, buy what I'm looking for? Look, a terrible website can crush your business because it just looks awful. That's where Wix comes in, and it's so easy to use. Wix is the leading drag-and-drop website creation platform where you can build professional-looking websites easily and quickly. Wix is the do-it-yourself for building websites. You can easily get the professional-looking website you've been dreaming of and without the agency price tag. Anyone can use Wix. And the best thing? No coding required. Whether you have an existing website that needs an update have a new idea for a business, or want to elevate your personal brand with a website, Wix can help you build a site that will be terrific and great tools for SEO and payment solutions to boot. Want to get started? Head over to Wix.com and create your website today. Join over 200 million people already using Wix by going to Wix.com and create your website today. Boy, am I ready for 2022. Who's ready to hire some new people to join the team? Don't spend hours and hours sifting through applications to find the right candidates. Use this episode's sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs, to help you find those perfect candidates quickly and easily. When you use LinkedIn Jobs, you can create a free job post in minutes. Your entire network sees the post you create, and so does LinkedIn's entire professional network of over 770 million people. And as applicants respond, you can use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to organize the process and find the right match. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires. You can focus on the right candidates with the right skills and experience and get your role in front of the most qualified people. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Kara Golden. That's K-A-R-A-G-O-L-D-I-N. That's linkedin.com slash Kara Golden to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's face it, meetings aren't always as useful as we hope they can be. And unless you know what you want to get out of the meeting, you walk away feeling like the meeting was unproductive and a total waste of time. Well, I have a great tool that I want to share with you all, and it's called Hugo. And let me tell you, it's a lifesaver. Hugo is the all-in-one tool that helps meetings be what they are meant to be, get you organized and actually walk out of that meeting feeling like you got things done and know what to do next. This program does it all. You can keep meeting notes organized. There's a calendar aspect to it, too. All those tasks organized in one place. Hugo is the lifesaver. 
Rely on Hugo to do the work for you. Keep your notes, agendas, tasks, decisions, and calendars all in one place and all organized. With Hugo, meetings will actually be places now where you feel like things got done. Join over 30,000 teams and professionals having more productive meetings with Hugo. Get Hugo free for 30 days at hugo.team slash Kara. That's hugo.team backslash Kara. Hugo.team slash Kara. That must have been a big deal because, you know, you have to fill all the West Elm stores. I mean, it was, you know, thousands of blankets, right, that you had to um, get ready for. Wow, that must have been such a huge uh, piece. I I saw that you, uh, in order to fund this initially, you used your retirement savings accounts and and, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that's, uh, that's pretty incredible. So how many employees do you have now in the company? So we grew from two employees now to 30, more than 30 employees. Yeah. We just turned three years old. That's amazing. And have you self-funded it or did you actually go out and get funding? Um, we are bootstrapped. Um, so in the initial stage, I emptied out my retirement savings account when I quit my job at the at the World Bank and, and, and put the money in. And um, that was pretty scary. Um, at the beginning, because I was already in my mid thirties. So it's like, um, everyone around me was just like, you're in that age bracket where everyone kind of, you know, gets like the next big career jump and people going to, you know, fancy vacations or kind of buying their first home. And for me, it was a stage where, where I had to tell people, well, I'm, I'm going to sell these heavy blankets over the internet. And all my friends just thought like, she's completely crazy. Um, so that felt like a big step at the beginning of just, you know, not having to show anything and kind of doing something in your mid thirties that you basically don't know anything about it. But I said, like, I give it a year. That was my initial plan. Um, and if it doesn't work out in a year, I can always go back to my job. And obviously it doesn't take a year. I mean, building a company is takes much longer than a year, but I think after a year, you can already tell if your product is a fit for the market and how the customer responds. And given that I was working with women entrepreneurs, I said like the worst case that can happen is that I have a great story of like how not to do it. (laughs) And maybe there's some lessons learned later on, but yeah, so far I haven't been back. Um, and and it's it's been growing yeah quite quickly over the last three years. What do you think? I I'm, I always talk about uh, the fear of of failure and how that stops so many people from actually going out and trying. I mean, why do you think you were okay with going out and and just trying to see whether or not you could make it work? I think one is I really believed in the product. The immediate reactions I got is I thought we were really onto something from the feedback we got. Um, but I think it's also um, just taking that first step. That's the most difficult. Once you really kind of um, quit your job, you put your savings towards it and you're putting in a timeline. Um, and then it's just about um, maybe breaking it down, not thinking about the bigger picture. Of like, oh, I'm going to be the one who's building that huge company, but really 
taking it step by step. And then once you took the step, first step, you're taking the next and the next and the next. And I think that's how I saw it. And from just kind of a personal growth opportunity where I'm like, you know, if I'm every day, I'm telling, challenging myself and I'm learning something. So if you have that mindset shift about like, um, what everyone thinks it should be supposed to be or what it should look like. And you're kind of decoupling that from that and just see like, look, I'm putting my head down and putting in the work. Um, and I'm not, you know, listening too much of like the other voices that people say of that's mm -hmm. crazy. That's, that's going to fail for sure. Um, I think that's already a, a big part of the equation of kind of just keep going. I, I totally agree. So it's, uh, I, you know, I always say friends and family are the worst in the beginning too, because they don't want you to, you know, take these risks, right? They, they worry about you and, and here Definitely. you are using your savings and, you know, words like for, for me, I, I left a, a career in tech and then decided to start a water company. I mean, everybody was like, what, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, I can only imagine you're, you're working at the world bank and your family's just saying, what is she, th she's got blankets everywhere. I mean, what is she thinking? She's just knitting all the time. And, I can I can only imagine, but it's uh, but you know I think that the f the best part I found too is when you hear those people, uh, they remember most of them what they said, and then you know you're proving them wrong. And uh, I love having those conversations because it's uh, it's a lot of fun to hear them, you know, own it right more than anything. What, what definitely they, what they said. You know, I mean some. Some friends also like now that came kind of forward and said, look, at that point, I really didn't want to tell you, but I thought, you know, I was crazy. And I'm like, yeah, I could feel it. You know, when you sit with your girlfriends and like you have dinner and everyone is giving their career updates and like, oh, I just made partner and I just did this and I was kind of, I'm doing that. And we are coming back from that vacation. And then when it came to me, it was the first year was just silence because I didn't have anything. I didn't have the prototype or the production ready. I didn't even have the website. I was just saying, I'm, I was, I'm working on that idea of, of, of selling the blankets, but I didn't have anything to show. And you could just see how the whole table would turn quiet. And they're like, oh, that's, that's nice. That's, that's great. And then kind of next person is talking. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of nice then to see people and say like, wow, I was wrong. Um, and now I'm following and I'm actually really inspired uh, by the story. And, and I think some people are even thinking maybe, you know, I could have done something because many people have ideas. Um, and, and like, you know, there's sometimes you sit together and everyone's like, I wish I had that product. I could think about this, but then most of the people actually don't go for it and they don't do it. And I think like then seeing someone who really started from nothing and was sitting on a table with like complete silence, kind of build something. I think that probably sparks a lot of like internal thinking that, you know, maybe I should have gone for that idea when I had it. De definitely. It's, it's interesting. I wrote a book uh, just over a year ago and called Undaunted. And I've had more people reach out to me and who have picked up a copy of the book and they have said just that and that they had thought about an idea and then they just got busy with their everyday life and continuing up the ladder. And then they they really have thought about why they never did that and they regret it. And so I, my response is always, so go do it. 
right? It's never too late to go and start something. Mm -hmm. And even if there's competition out there, if you really believe you've got a uniqueness and there's a story to it as Mm -hmm. well, it's really about, you know, who is better at getting the product out there, who has a better quality, who has, um, it can, I'm sure there's other weighted blankets that have come on the market to compete with you. Definitely. But I think it just, it, it, it really, as long as you stay close to what your purpose is and what you can mm-hmm. do, I think that that's the, the most important piece. What do you think story or how does that fall into your company in terms of how you've gotten the story out there? Do you use your story uh, in, in terms of how you developed it a lot? I mean, obviously, I feel like you have to have a great product. You have to, you can't just have a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe people will buy it once based on a story, but you have to have a quality product, which certainly Barabee is. So, but what what do you think about your your story and, and, uh, and how important it is to have one today for consumers to be able to engage with it. I think you're right at the first point, and I would say the the first kind of two years, it was really more about the product, like the the stories where there's something new, there's something innovative, there's something sustainable that the market hasn't seen. So that innovation story, and I mean, once we won the different awards. Um, like the Fast Company Innovation by Design Award, then people started kind of, who's that person again yeah. who invented a product? I think that came for me more at a later stage. It was at the beginning really about the product and what is the benefit that the consumer is getting from that. But I think now that uh, we've really um, grown very fast and kind of have done some things also in a in a different way by bootstrapping for example i think now people are like okay how you know who's the person actually behind it and i think that's where the storytelling is coming in so yeah i think now i'm 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 going out and i'm talking more about like these initial days and maybe also kind of the mistakes that i made and encouraging kind of other people who think, oh, I have that idea, but I'm also in my mid thirties and, you know, I, I don't have like, um, any investors. I, re- I also remember that, um, at the beginning, it's, I think kind of the story that you maybe don't have to raise a lot of money, but there is a way to bootstrap the company. That's something like that many people reach out to me and say, like, tell me exactly how you've done it and how we've gone from that point to that point. Um, so I think now that that story of like personally, but I think also as a as a woman having founded something and kind of as a single founder, I think that's another angle. I mean, uh, I didn't have anyone. Um, it would be nice uh, when I ever see like people who get along well and who founded something together. Sometimes I got a bit jealous. So because it can be quite lonely. Um, at the beginning, but I think now kind of telling the story and kind of like what's important for me and kind of one thing also that I'm still trying to encourage is like napping. We created that napping culture. So I'm really trying to get that, um, that message out of, we don't have to earn rest. We actually need rest. And we've, um, at Barry, we actually implemented, um, that napping culture through co-working hours. So we work between, um, 10 and 2 PM. So that's when we all online, that's when we have all our meetings, but outside of these co-working hours, we actually can work 
can distribute our um, hours flexibly. I mean, I'm, for example, still taking an afternoon nap. <laughs> I couldn't go a day without a nap. I love it. And um, But some people like to walk their dog. Some people want to spend time with their children. And that, I think, really worked for us and kind of showing that model that um, even pre-COVID, I think we already had that hybrid workplace in just naturally by people following their natural rhythm. It worked really well for us and kind of still building a company in a hyper growth model while having people distributed across like different countries in different time zones with these co-working hours. It worked really well. So it's nice to now kind of things that I saw, for example, in my past workplace, that wasn't a possibility. I mean, hmm. when moving here to the U.S., um, with my first job, I mean, in Germany, I grew up and it was pretty normal to take an afternoon nap. But then in the U.S., it's like it's napping. It's just not part of the culture. So I realized, oh, actually, nobody's napping here. It's it's actually almost frowned upon. So at the World Bank, I always live very close to the office. And I uh, during the during lunch break, I always snook out to take a quick nap. But I never told anyone so because I felt guilty about it. And now kind of with the, with Barry, I'm trying to create a culture where, you know, people can take rest and then they don't have to feel guilty about it. So that's really nice that I have the opportunity now to bring some of the things that didn't work for me in the past and that we can it. do something slightly different and, and, uh, and share the story. Yeah. Well, creating all of your own culture and, and, uh, you know that's that's definitely been a huge benefit uh, for Hint as as well, um, or for me in in building that. It's been a lot of fun. So, what was sort of the probably the most surprising thing to you about building a business? I mean, you talked a little bit about uh, you know being lo- being lonely. I certainly I talk about that as well. That it's um, you know especially when you're when you're the boss, I think, you know, even when you try and bring culture uh, together in, in the company, uh, you still have people who still, I don't know, believe like, I don't know, maybe they can't go out with you for a drink or something because they feel like, you know, you know, that person's the boss or, or whatever, <laughs> you know, that they've got to separate things in some ways. I, I feel like, um, you know, that there's a little bit of that that goes on too. But what do you think is the most surprising thing just in building the business that you just were, you just, you took on, but maybe you just didn't really realize that you'd have to uh, deal with a lot of those issues? I mean, I think when, from, when you start a business or like even before that, you always read in the news, like if someone kind of maybe makes it on that list or makes it into Oprah or that, then you made it. But there's actually no moment when you actually, when you made it, it's actually always a continuum. So even after you kind of have a, these reflect, it's more like a, a journey of inflection points. And it, the, the challenge, I mean, what, what gets you from here to there doesn't get you to the next level. So, so you true. always actually have to continue learning and with all the changes like this year, I mean, there's been, uh, we've talked about it, the supply chain. So, I mean, it's never that you feel like I was always at the beginning thinking, like if I have 
these three things figured out, then probably from there I can just do the same thing and it will work. But actually like every day you actually have to completely rethink some of the playbook and it keeps changing and evolving. And I think that's also the beauty of it. It's, it's not, um, kind of, it will stay the same, but the challenges kind of just get different. Um, and you have to tackle them in a different way and you have to evolve and you never have to stop learning and go back to that beginner's mindset. So like, you feel like, okay, now I'm like, you're saying I'm, I'm the boss, but I think at the same time, I feel every day, like I'm a student and I have to kind of like start from, from some things because it it completely changed, um, start from scratch again and go really stay humble and go into that beginner's mindset again and have to figure it out. And I imagine for the next steps, um, it probably will continue being like not a straight curve, but always like, uh, I don't know, with like different inflection points along the journey. There, there always is from, as I share, it's, uh, people have said to us, oh gosh, you guys are such a big company and, you know, but with every, uh, hurdle, um, every, you know, point along the way, we, there, there's different challenges, right? That, so there's just, there's many, many different, there's definitely pluses to being larger. Um, but it's, uh, then you run into so many other things. So it's, uh, it's definitely a, um, you know, being a startup, there's different stages, but different stages has different challenges along the way. So, well, thank you so much for coming and inspiring us all and teaching us that we can actually go out and do it. Uh, if we've got an idea, go out and try. The worst that would happen is that you would have a great story and you could teach others about uh, your mistakes along the way. Um, I really, really loved this, Catherine, so much. So thank you again. And um, thank you everyone for listening. This is an incredible episode of The Kara Golden Show. We're here every Monday and Wednesday. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, please do. We're here on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and on your favorite platforms. And please follow me on social channels at Kara Golden. That's with an I. And uh, definitely pick up a Barabi and uh, go and see uh, Catherine as well. I'm sure she's on uh, social media. What platform are you typically on? So on Barabi, it's like the, we are mostly on Instagram at MyBarabi. And our website is Barabi.com. Terrific. Well, everybody, this is such a great and incredible uh, gift or uh, just a gift for yourself as well. And they look so beautiful in your house, uh, too. So we have a bunch of them in here. So it's it's uh, really nice. Uh, and finally, if you haven't gotten a copy of my book, Undaunted, which is uh, really cha- sharing a lot of my journey around building the company that I founded, Hint, and uh, definitely pick up a case of Hint as well if you haven't had a chance to try it, uh, or it's also available at at your local stores or online. And thank you, everybody. Thanks again, Catherine, and everybody have a great rest of the week. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head-on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for 
anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening.